0: Well, if you will continue in worship with me by opening up your Bibles to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. While you're doing that, I want to, first of all, say Happy New Year to you. Thanks. Whoever said that. Actually, uh, I think it's the first time that this has ever happened to me, but I actually, I went to bed at like 1030. I don't, I don't think I've gone to bed at 1030 this whole year. You know, all, well, this whole year hasn't even, you know what I mean? Uh, all of last year. And yet last night, I thought, you know, I'm going to learn to be wise. I need to preach tomorrow. I'm going to go to bed. And I was depressed at how good the Clemson defense looked, but that's not important. Okay, so I went to bed at 1030 last night. I, some of you may not have been as wise as as I was last night, and so you might be a little tired, and and so just to kind of let you know what's going on, this is not going to be an hour-long Pastor Colby sermon, okay? But it is, I know, well, I guess until I'm done, I probably shouldn't say that, but what this is, though, I, I believe very clearly, I believe this is a word that the Lord has given to me, and I believe this is a word that we need to hear today. Uh, to begin our time, I, I want to give you a question that that our staff uh, ask one another, and, and I think it's a good question. Uh, it's a reflective question. And it's, what were you most encouraged by from 2016 as as uh, being a member at Alberta Baptist? Like, what had you most encouraged? You know, so for all of us as individuals, I, I think the year you certainly see ups and downs. Some people have had one of the greatest years of their lives. Some of you have had uh, what you might say is the worst year you've ever had. The question wasn't as much to the individual as it was about the, the body of Christ here as a whole, but what, what were you most encouraged by? And when I asked the question, there, it, it was just repetition on, on what I heard. And so I began to ask the question outside of our staff to uh, friends and to, to uh, people here uh, in the church family. And everybody said something similar. And I, I wanna share with you some of those answers. What were you most encouraged by? And here was one. That more than ever, I feel like we are a family. That this church is my family. That that this is, of all people in the world, I know that I'm cared for by this church body. Heard uh, last week somebody say, this is the friendliest church I've ever been to. We had the phrase, we want to be the most welcoming environment on University Boulevard. I want you to know, I really believe this. In 2016, I believe that this church body showed that that is true about us. It was the most welcoming environment on University Boulevard. I just said that so weird. University Boulevard, there it is. What else did we hear? Kyle Brun, our college pastor. He said, the most encouraging thing to me the whole year was this, our Sunday school. The college Sunday school class. Most encouraging thing. He made some changes this year, built very strong relationships. This whole section right here is the absent college students that we're, uh, we're, we're missing today. Kyle's doing a great job. He was very encouraged by those relationships. What was I most encouraged by? Yeah, by the family environment, but but through our life groups. My life group, uh, we, we were meeting at my house this past semester, and I'm telling you, it, it was the, the most encouraging part of the year for me was the way we were loved by our life group the relationships that we built there. I, I, I've enjoyed watching just the church just be the body that we're called to be. So proud of Jared, been watching him just lead the youth and, and build people who, you know, yeah, they were not a part of a church family. Now you watch them just receive love and care and guidance. My children are absolutely blessed by the children's ministry here, Cindy pours her life out into those children and the leaders. Listen, all of the the teachers, it, the, those that teach the, the kids in Sunday school, those that teach on Wednesday nights, they pour their heart out in what they do, and it makes an eternal difference. And it has for my children. Thank you, thank you. My my little Lucy, she is she has believed the gospel. She wants in the next few weeks to come and express that to the church. She's six and I know she believes. What a a great ministry we have here at Alberta Baptist Church. Our golden hearts, our senior adult ministry. Man, looking back at when we started that to where we are now, just what what a great ministry. Thankful for Ramona and for Pastor Larry and for those who've invested so much time in that. It's just been a really great year. You, you have in your worship guide today, our, our membership covenant. Nobody in the room is probably more excited about this membership covenant than, uh, than pastor Keith and I, but, but listen, we're really excited about this. We, we wanted to have a year where we focused on what does it mean to be a member? What, what does membership mean? what, what does it look like? And I mean, this is just a, this is a taste. And this is important to us. We, we, we started a membership class, ABC Connect class. Had some ups and downs in it, but the last uh, three classes that we had, they were, they were wonderful. We're gonna have another one in February and one in April. If you're considering membership at the church, it's a great, a great class for you to take. We've come a long way. And we've got a long way to go. But What, what a great year. For our church family, 2016 was, and we're looking forward to what is to come. I, I want to give you a a statement, and this is going to directly, you know, come from chapter two of of Mark. But it, but it's a statement that I believe will lead us into 2017. You know. What do we need to be thinking about? What, what should we be focused on as a church? And how might the Lord use this passage to guide us there? Look in your worship guide there. There's a sentence at the top. It goes like this. This year at ABC, let's be a people willing to do what is necessary to bring others to experience the resurrecting, healing power of Jesus Christ. Pray with me and then let's read God's word. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We, we ask that on this New Year's Day, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see and you'd give us ears to hear your word this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Look with me, we're going to read the... First 12 verses of Mark 2. This is the word of our Lord. It says, and when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed. And he went out before them all so that they were all amazed and they glorified God saying we never saw anything like this. Uh, What I want us to see first is focus on, uh, in our sentence, the part A here, and it's uh, be a people willing to do what's necessary to bring others to Jesus. Now, this is the obvious thing. Like anybody in the room who knew what Mark 2, 1 through 12, was, knew Colby's going to say, that we need to bring our friends to Jesus. Okay, like, like you you knew that going into it. And I wanna say, yeah, you're right. That—that That is what we're gonna start with. There's more to it than that. But, let, but let's begin uh, in this place. Let's think about these, these men. It says, and they came... Uh, Well, actually, let's just read. It's, it's more, it may be more than four people. It says, and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. So all we know is this, is there were, uh, there were friends who they knew that they had a friend who could be healed by Jesus Christ. In fact, they had faith that Jesus Christ was willing and that he was able to heal their friend's sickness like they had faith that he would do that. Now, how would they have this kind of faith? Well, throughout Mark chapter 1, we see Jesus preaching about the kingdom and we see him raising people up physically to life. And so we have people who uh they they were had demons and he was uh he was casting demons out of them, people that were sick, he was making them well. We have at the end of chapter 1 a leper who comes to Jesus and he says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus, we're told, has compassion on this man. And he says, I am willing, be clean. And he heals him of leprosy. He then tells the leper, don't say anything. Don't tell anyone. And the leper leaves and does what? He tells everybody. So people are flocking to this one that they at least believed has come from God who has the power to heal, Jesus. Jesus is teaching in a house and you know the story. My, my kids can tell this story, I know you know it. He's teaching in the house, probably teaching, we're assuming, about the kingdom of God. More than likely he's teaching what we hear him proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the good news, repent and believe the gospel. He's teaching them and as he's teaching them, these friends figure out a way, they can't get their paralyzed friend to Jesus because it's so crowded in the house that they did what? They they went on the roof, which we know is more than likely just a flat roof and they went and they uncovered the area and they lowered their friend to Jesus. This may have been distracting to Jesus. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I can remember doing youth ministry, and like you're in the middle of a message, and you know people are getting up, going to the bathroom 12 times. People are texting with their feet. That happened before. Uh, it's so impressive, by the way. If you can text message with your feet, good for you. All right, that's awesome. But all kinds of distractions, things going on. I imagine this was a distraction roof is opening, like he's talking about the kingdom and the roof's trying to you know break loose and they lower this man down. It's a, it's a little bit crazy that this happened, but Jesus, of course, same Jesus that in chapter one was filled with compassion for the leper, the same Jesus that's willing and able, he, of course, welcomes this act. Man is lowered down. And everybody's ready. All the friends, I'm sure, just peeking over into the room. And instead of Jesus raising up their friend, he says, son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine? I mean, they were probably like, really? How are you going to say that? We want you to do what you were doing all over the place. You know? like, go ahead and just raise him up so he can walk with us. Out of here. You know, go ahead and do that. And he says, son, your sins are forgiven. He, he gives a man his deepest need. Son, your sins are forgiven. I, I want us to begin here is that we must become a people. Listen, Alberta Baptist Church, we must become a people who are willing to do what's necessary. To bring our friends to Jesus, knowing that he'll give them their greatest need. He can meet their deepest and their greatest need. When I was asking, what are you most encouraged by to our staff? I began to ask questions, you know, prying a little bit for the new year. You know, what's next? What do, what do we need to do? And, and we, we constantly say, I man, we need to just, one, rest in truth. We need to constantly grip and cling to truth. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But also we began to think about our effectiveness and the the fruitfulness of the church body. And and I, I want to tell you, listen, week after week after week. Yeah, you can't see it as much here on a holiday weekend with students gone. But listen, week after week, this room was almost full. You know, there, there were people I got, you know, you got the complaint that you've waited on all these years where somebody says, you know, I came with somebody and I couldn't sit with them. Thank you, God. You know, I, I mean, like, good, we want that. But, but my immediate call would be something like this. Is, Man, we, we've got to do whatever it takes to bring people, the people in our life, our friends, our family, those are our coworkers, those in our sphere of influence. We've got to bring them to experience the healing power, the resurrecting healing power of Jesus. in a very real way we can do that is bring them to Alberta Baptist Church, bring them in contact with the people of this body. I think it's interesting that if we did that, in fact, if a small percentage of you did that, in fact, if just our students that aren't here, if just a few of them did that, guess what? There would be nowhere for them to sit, would there? We're at a great place as a church family, to where we're about maxing out this room on any given Sunday. And yet we're a people who we know that we must bring people to Christ. So side note, a little vision casting is this: I am very aware if I went to each of you and I said, "Hey, you ready to go two services?" Guess what you would say? No way. If you go to any of our staff members, are you ready to go to service? You know what we would say? No way. Why? Because of the first thing that I said that we were encouraged by. It's a family. We like being a little bit tight in this room, don't we? We like seeing everybody. We like knowing who's here. We like that but let's make 2017 be a year that that won't work anymore. Let's see these seats as opportunities for people to experience the resurrecting, healing power of Jesus. And let's fill this place. Invite your friends to Jesus Christ. Bring your friends. Be willing to do whatever it takes to bring your friends to Jesus. Bring your friends to your life group. Bring your family to experience Christ through God's people. Be willing to do whatever it takes. That's what we see with these guys. But, but listen, you, you knew that. You knew that when we were coming into the message, when you saw the outline, you were like, yeah, he's gonna tell us to bring friends. Go do it. We had the great commission read over us. Go and make disciples, go. Go. Go in God's power and do that. But I want us to focus the rest of our time today on on this second part. Yes, a people willing to do what's necessary to bring others to Jesus, but the, the second part is to experience the resurrecting healing power of Jesus Christ. The resurrecting healing power of Jesus Christ. Here's what I know is that the second that we start encouraging you to go and do, some of you start clamming up and tightening up about who you are. May 2017 be a year that at Alberta Baptist Church, when you're with this people, that we're a people that speak sonship into your life. That you know that, listen, in Christ, I am a child and I am safe. That I'm comforted in who I am before I'm concerned about what I go and do. That you personally and consistently are experiencing the resurrecting, healing power of Jesus Christ. Some of you struggle right now. When you hear about invite your friends, you immediately say, But, you know, but Pastor, if you if you knew. If you knew what my mind was like, if if you knew what my home was like, if you knew what the way that I felt, if you knew what I had done in the past, if if you knew about the guilt, if you knew about the shame, if you knew, and the list just goes on and on and on. And I would say none of that, none of that, is an argument to bring to this Jesus. He has the resurrecting, healing power and the grace to heal you and to resurrect your heart wherever you are to life. Some of you need to hear that about your friends. This Jesus has the resurrecting healing power to rescue the friend that's as far off as you can go. He has that power. I want us to consider the story go back to the friends like they're they're peeking over and they're going okay he's about to you know raise our friend up and Jesus says son your sins are forgiven and as soon as he says that the scribes in the room they begin to say you know but think in their minds They're, they're going this who does he think he is and, and they're, they're right about their question. They, they, they ask a wonderful question that any skeptic in the room needs to hear, by the way, when they say, you know, when in God's word does Jesus call himself God? Listen, the scribe said, no one can forgive sins but God alone. Who does he think he is? Only God can forgive sins. How can he speak that way? Like, I think about it this way. Like you got, you got Jennifer and Teresa and KJ and, and uh, you know, all of a sudden Jennifer and Teresa act very out of character and Teresa just punches Jennifer right in the face. Okay, like I, I don't know why it happened. She got upset about something. All right, she just hits Jennifer right in the face and then KJ says, Jennifer, yeah, you know, she's, she's forgiven. I, I forgive you. I forgive you, Teresa, for punching Jennifer in the face. I, I forgive you, it's, it's okay. I feel like KJ could actually do that pretty well. I, I forgive you. But Jennifer says, I, you can't forgive Teresa for that. She punched me in the face, I can forgive her. That, that's what these guys were saying. How can you, how, how could you forgive this man of sins that weren't against you, they're against God? Maybe they should have asked the better question. Who are you? Who are you? Can you really do this? Jesus is God. He has the authority. He has the ability to forgive a man of his sins that were against him. The scribes begin to think all of these things and, and listen to what Jesus says and it's gonna lead us into our closing time. Jesus says, why do you question these things in your hearts?" And can you imagine what they must've thought? Like, like he starts speaking into what they're thinking and they must've been like, whoa, this is getting weird. Okay, like what? And, and he says, which is easier? And don't miss this. What is easier to, there's a difference in what's easier to say and what's easier to do? And the question is, what is easier to say? Son, your sins are forgiven. Or rise, take up your bed, and walk out of here. So that you will know that I have the power. The Son of Man has the power to forgive sins. Son, get up and take your bed up and walk. And he does the man gets up and he walks out of that crowded house. Now, what is Jesus saying? I I believe there's really two ways of looking at this. One is the obvious. What's easier to say? I mean, anybody could say, yeah, your sins are forgiven. And you hear crickets chirp. Again, anybody could say it. He's saying, what's easier to say? Something that you can't see or something that I will say and then you watch it before your eyes. He said, get up and walk. And so when the man gets up and leaves, especially in a culture that would have believed that your sin caused your physical state, which Jesus over and over again helps us see that's not the case. It can be, but it's certainly not necessarily the case. It wasn't with this man. And he says, get up and walk. And the man walks out showing Jesus Christ can forgive sins. But I believe that the Lord desires us to see, and especially if we, if we dig in this at all, really, I, I believe that the Lord wants us to see, in a sense, the re- reversal of that question. But we have to ask it this way. What is easier to do? To forgive somebody or their sins or to heal somebody to walk? There's a unique word that is in this text, and it's found in the word rise. Now, I'm not, I'm from Duncanville, okay? So, like, my pronunciation of Greek words is pathetic, okay? So, I'm not even going to try. Just trust me as one of your pastors here. The same Greek word that's used here for the word rise is the same Greek word that is used in chapter 16 for where is he? He's not here. Yes, he is risen. He is risen. He rose. The the same word that's used for the resurrecting power, the, the resurrection itself, is the same word that's used here for rise, resurrect, take up your bed and, and head on, buddy. And, and I believe what, what Mark is showing us and ultimately what God is showing us is this. It would be the question Jesus could say, hey, you know what? There's gonna be a day other people are gonna, are gonna heal people physically. Like it'll be my power but, but Peter will, Paul will. Like you'll, you'll see other people do such a thing. There, there are people in this age. There, we, we've seen Tammy Scales healed. But, but what's easier to do? Help somebody walk physically or to be able to pay the price for somebody's sins. I wanna say this to you on this New Year's Day. Listen, if Jesus is willing and able to do whatever it takes to forgive you of your sins, he is willing and able to do any good thing in your life that you may ask. And he has the wisdom to give you what you most need. If Jesus Christ can forgive us of our sins, We can trust him with everything. That's what we must understand. See, yes, God is good because Tammy's on the front row, but guess what? God is good if Tammy's in heaven today. And some of you, it doesn't doesn't matter what it is. Like you see God do something great before your eyes and you automatically begin to think of what he didn't do in your life. And you know why you feel like that? Because you're human. And yet in God's word, he he doesn't promise his goodness around what he does for us in the present physically. He promises his goodness for what he has done as he died in our place and as he rose from the grave, victorious over our sin, able to forgive us and have us forever. Able to create a world that doesn't have death in it. Doesn't have sickness in it. Doesn't have doubt in it. Doesn't have anxiety in it. It doesn't have racism in it. Jesus is able to do that because he has resurrecting healing power. So the way that I I want us to end today is this. We're going to take the Lord's Supper. In just a moment, Jennifer is going to come and, and lead us in a song of response. But, but as she does that, I, I want you to begin to ask yourself some questions. And one of them might be like this. In what area of my life, and what area of my heart, in my mind, my brain, anywhere in me, if it's something physical, if something in my heart, if it's both, where do I need to experience the resurrecting healing power of Jesus? And do I believe today, based on Christ Jesus dying in my place and raising from the grave, do I believe that he is willing and he is able to give me what I most need? that he only gives good gifts. Do I believe that today? Will I trust him today? Do do I want the people in my life to experience the compassion of Jesus, the love of Jesus? Do I believe that he loves and he cares for us as he cared for this man here in chapter two of Mark? Church, there's no place, there's no place that you can be right now in your life that that Christ's love and his grace cannot get to you. He is willing and he is able to do the thing in our life that we most need and that's to forgive us of our sins. And if that's true, He's able to provide for us. He's willing and able to do anything else that we need. I'm gonna end by reading you scripture from Romans 8. And as I do, I I want you just to think about where you are in your marriage, as a parent. Maybe it's as one that feels alone. It's where you are right now. I want you to think about the resurrecting, healing power of Jesus. Romans 8, verse 11 says this. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Christian, you you have the, the very power that raise this guy up to walk out of the house in you. You have the very power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead in you. Raising your dead heart to life. We serve a God who is wonderful. He's trustworthy. Come to him today. As as we sing, I'm gonna worship with you. Okay, so I'm not going to stand here and stare at you while you're while you worshiping. I'm I'm going to turn. I'm going to worship as well. But I am down here to meet with anybody who who wants to. If you want prayer, come I'll pray with you. Prepare yourself for the Lord's table. Father, we love you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, Lord. We know that. You